and here in Australia, what we have been experiencing, experiencing is totally different. Like everybody's happy for each other, they support each other, and you know, just living running moms Australia, what we've experienced is just incredible. I really enjoyed, you know, reaching some little goals and then bigger goals and training towards a big goal or not a, not such a big goal, but just uh, doing the training. I really love the training itself, not so much the event. Yeah. Because um, I get a bit nervous in the morning if I would be able to do it or what am I in for? Why am I doing this? The usual things, but. The journey throughout the training, all those months and weeks, it is really exciting. Welcome to the RMA podcast. host Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals you never thought possible. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. I hope you enjoyed our last episode with Jenny Morris where we talked all things running and coaching. I hope you've been able to catch up on some of our previous episodes with some of our amazing guests and I look forward to bringing you so many more amazing stories throughout 2021. This week on the podcast, I speak to one of my good friends and RMA, Juliana Nagy. I speak to Juliana about her experience moving to Australia from Hungary She moved to Australia almost eight years ago now and Juliana formed many, many amazing connections throughout her journey here on our home soil by immersing herself in the running community. Juliana joined RMA very early on on her Australian journey and she was able to form some amazing connections with women here which helped her to navigate what it was like to be a new person in Australia and the influence that the women had on her life is something that she's really thankful for and that has been able to be a blessing to her and her family. She's been able to establish their life here. They've become Australian citizens, establish a business for herself and her husband and also their young child, Gergo, who has flourished, who's now even the school captain of his primary school this year. I really wanted to have Juliana on so that we can gain perspective of the amazing, vast array of women that are within our network. And this podcast is really interesting as you can hear how Juliana has navigated this change in her life, why she came to Australia from Um, you know, her communist country upbringing, what's different about that to here, 
how she's navigated uh, the wildlife here and what challenges and things that she's learned her- about herself along the way. I hope you really enjoy this episode. Let me introduce you to Juliana. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Juliana. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, Nicole. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to have you on, Jules. This is so exciting having one of my good friends come on the podcast. Um, And what a journey it's been with our friendship. How many years do you think we've known each other now? Well, um, I'm pretty sure it was early 2014, maybe, if not 2013, because I came to Australia in 2013 in March. And then not long after I arrived, I started thinking of running. And I think um, that's when I joined Running Mums Australia on Facebook. That was the first ever Facebook group I joined in my life. The best and the first. (laughs) And that's the exciting thing is that we have had this friendship for a long time and that I've been privileged enough to see your journey uh, as a, you know, a person who's come to Australia um, from Hungary, where you lived and where you grew up, um, and we've ossified you. Kind of like we've tried our best to get you not scared of the wildlife, um, which you're still a little <laughs> bit afraid of. But it's you've gotten actually better over time. But um, but you know I've been able to see how um, I guess your your journey has evolved and your life has been transformed by one coming to Australia and what that's done for you and your family. And we'll get into that. Um, but also you know the friendships that you've made the um, achievements with your running um but more that more about the connections that you've made and and you've inspired me on on the journey too because I think it would be a seriously difficult thing to come to a country where you really don't know people I think you was your brother here before you yes he had been here before yeah but he didn't really tell us much about Australia so yeah okay, so <laughs> we didn't know anything about it we had never been here before yeah, so and you didn't yeah. know anybody other than your brother. Like, so I think it's really an interesting story to share how the things that you have to navigate, you know, coming across the other side of the world and starting a new life. So let's start back at the beginning. So you grew up in Hungary. Do you want to just quickly tell people what it was like to live and grow up in Hungary? What is Hungary like? Well, Hungary is a small country in the middle of Europe, actually in the very centre. So our capital city is Budapest, which is a very centre location in Europe. And um, I grew up uh, in an era which may be really strange and to Australians, and you probably won't even be able to, <clears throat> to imagine what it would be like to grow up 
um, in a communist era, um, which was great uh, for us as children. Um, we had a happy life and, you know, we were just restricted by things um, like there were certain things you were not allowed to do or we were not allowed to travel to Western countries. Um, but other, other than that, as children, we really didn't notice much about the politics and stuff like that back then. So I remember um, I was in high school when the changes came and um, um, up until then I had to learn Russian at school. And when I was in year 11, I think, I asked my teacher if I could quit Russian because I really didn't like the language. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, no, you have to continue until you finish high school. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest issue for me, actually. <laughs> I didn't like the language. Was it hard to I learn? We had to, I had to learn it from nine, for nine years, so from year four mm -hmm. up until the end of um, high school. And I actually had to sit exams in Russian to be able to get into high school and into um, higher education. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so what was the reasoning behind them not letting you travel to Western countries? Um, they didn't want... I'm not really sure about it. I don't really know much about um, the politics back then, but um, they just didn't want people to experience what um, life in Western culture are mm. and how free or how much freedom they have over there. Mm. Yeah. So um, everything was pretty centralized in the communist uh, uh, countries mm. and we were ruled by those authorities so yeah, yeah. Um, my mom was very lucky because she sang in a choir and she could travel every year and they they traveled all around Europe and she always came back with beautiful presents and we were like oh gosh what, <laughs> what do those kids have there and you know we just got these fancy shoes and all sorts of uh, treats and toys and whatnot and we were really lucky by some um, we traveled as well, but within the communist um, countries. So we would go to Bulgaria for a suicide holiday or Croatia, or we would go to, back then it was Czechoslovakia, which is Czech Republic and Slovakia these days. Yep. And they have beautiful mountains and we would go there hiking for like weeks and weeks and camping every summer. And we've talked about that um throughout our friendship about how active your family was like your mom yeah. and your dad like your mom particularly was very active um hiker and what what's the in the snow snowshoeing what is it that she did in the snow didn't she do trekking or something in snow? Oh, uh, not only in the snow she does nordic walking that's it yeah yeah, yeah. but um she rides her bike every day and even now she's 72 she would ride like 50 kilometers a day Wow. And um, yeah, she swims every year. She, um, well, I think she stopped a couple of years ago, but she would do a 3.6K uh, lake swim. Um, and yeah, we were always very active. My parents used to take us on, you know, hiking trips and yeah, yeah skiing. And what would be the difference between like, the childhood here in terms of how children, um, and I know it's different with your child because you are very good at getting your child outside and, and making Gego be active, but 
your childhood growing up in Hungary compared to typical children in Australia? Uh, you can't really compare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, from schooling, from the early um, ages, what you get here through, um, it's not daycare, I wouldn't call it daycare, but kindergarten. Yeah. Um, and then what we've been experiencing now, primary school is just totally different. So um, children here are constantly inspired and, um, and they love going to school. It's, they love the adventure and um, they just really look forward to going to school and learning and spending time with their um, mates. And we just finished school now and my child was a bit sad because it was over and he would not be able to spend that much time with his friends for a few weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't he as... loves the teachers, loves everything about school. And he, yeah, obviously he's achieved um, quite big things these past two years. Yes. But even before then, school was always a happy place for him. And for us, it was just something that you had to do. You couldn't get away from it. You just had to do it. So it was a little bit more like regimented and... Um, more like that and not as much fun like the teachers were not that enthusiastic about teaching kids and there were some there were a few teachers who were really really nice and obviously we were um uh, they are they played a really important role in our lives but um going to school was totally different it was just a chore that you had to do and you couldn't wait to get out of school and yeah, yeah, yeah. just you know <laughs> so what led you to move to Australia? Yeah, it was um, the main reason was to live somewhere where our child would have more opportunities. Yeah. And um, we had a good life in Hungary. We had everything we needed and we had good jobs, cars and whatnot. And we could travel not as much as we used to be able to, like say before we had our child. Yeah. But we still could do pretty much everything we wanted. Um, but in Europe, mm, it's people are not as happy mm. all the time and they are not as supportive. Mm. Uh, sometimes you experience that they are a bit jealous if you achieve something. You are not, uh, they are not really mm, sharing, you know, the, the joy. Mm -hmm. um, and here in Australia, what we have been experiencing, experiencing is totally different. Like everybody's happy for each other, they support each other, and you know, just living running moms Australia, what we've experienced is just incredible. But everywhere, so through my work, you know, through my other connections, it's yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah. How did you find the first like? few weeks even months of living in Australia what, what what did you experience well first of all uh the weather mm. I thought it would be like at the Mediterranean Sea beautiful warm but nice warm <laughs> <laughs> that would last forever and we arrived in uh, March and it was pretty hot we got sunburned straight away so on my first day we went down to Kronola 
And uh, I was surprised that the water was so strong, I couldn't swim. I thought it would be like a nice, you know, <laughs> lake. <laughs> no. And um, the sun was really strong, but it was beautiful, obviously. And um, then a few weeks later, it turned really cold and we had to put the heating on. I was like, oh my gosh, it's freezing. They didn't talk to tell me about this, that Australia would be so cold. That's because um, heating in Europe in their houses is so much better than here. <laughs> And then uh, I still can't get used to winter. Winter, like, uh, is the worst period of time uh, to have here. Now that we move into Hyderabad, where we have proper heating, it's beautiful. Yep. But before that, for yeah. seven years, I had never been so cold in my life. <laughs> it's so funny for you to say that because. I mean, you came from Hungary and you've shown me photos. Just the other day, you sent a photo of back home. Yeah. And it, it's full of snow. And I'm like, how can <laughs> it's not cold. But I guess the houses are just set up there. Yeah. But you're just warm all the time when you're inside. I mean, yeah, so outside it may be minus 15, <laughs> minus 20 even. But when you're inside, you never feel cold because it's nice and warm. Yeah, that's right. So what was the reason, do you think, like, obviously you were on Facebook and um, was that because you, obviously Facebook was good for you to be able to connect back home as well with your family? Yes, yes. Um, and you must have been doing some searching or something to find RMA. Um, what was it about the initial, I guess, uh, connection with people in RMA that um, helped you on your journey to becoming an Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I love, as I said, I love people here, their positive attitude and, uh, and um, how supportive they are and they, um, they don't exclude people. So you feel welcome and yeah. And, um, and the connections that I could I felt I had straight away was just amazing. Yeah. Like I obviously that was the first thing I searched on Facebook. I had not been into Facebook very much before I came here, but um, that's a very good platform to keep in contact with my friends back there and family back there. Um, and um, I just searched run group or running group or something and running mums australia popped up and okay i joined it straight away and then i think i first met you at one of um the men i park on yeah yeah and uh i was like really excited and hugged you and you said oh i'm not just a pretty because <laughs> <laughs> i'm not <laughs> yeah but that was uh, the early days of um of that park run and um we used to go there like i used to uh, almost every Saturday and that was where I first started to connect with other uh, running moms but my very first um, uh, experience was when we didn't even have or at least I didn't even have a singlet or anything um, and I ran a half marathon down at Lady Cannington Drive. Yeah. Uh, I had not run trails before I was just looking for a half marathon um, and I thought that would be a really good idea because it was close and everything and um i just wrote rma the rma logo i draw the rma, RMA logo on my hand because i knew there would be a girl from the south coast coming up to run the marathon um on the half marathon and that's how we connected so she saw my hand 
and then uh, she came up to me and we started chatting and yeah that was my very first connection <laughs> I love that I love that so were you running in Hungary before you came to Australia no not before not at all running was not my thing right no. so what made no. you start like why did you start running when you got here because um, I used to be a gym girl, like I used to do gym classes and aerobic and all sorts of things that you do in a gym. But when we came here, I thought, oh, the weather is too good to be inside all the time. Mm. And um, I was thinking of what I could do. And then I walked a lot with my son and I saw thousands of people everywhere, just, you know, running. And I thought, what is this? <laughs> no, everybody <Yeah>. runs. <laughs> All I knew was that I used to hate running. Like I would escape it, you know, any time or every time. I did not like anything about it. And because, you know, I, all I could see was people running everywhere. I thought, okay, I may give it a go. So yeah. that was the, the first, <laughs> the very first time I... Do you remember uh, your first run? I do remember my first run. We, we lived in Grace Point. Yeah. And hilly. <laughs> very hilly. And I thought, okay, I'll just go out for like half an hour. But that was, that was shocking again. <laughs> and then every day I just tried to uh, go a bit further and further. I didn't even have proper running shoes, I think. I just bought whatever, yeah. uh, whatever shoes that looked like a training yep. shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I had no idea. <laughs> so obviously your running did evolve and you did um, continue and you've done a lot of different things and had a lot of different experiences on roads and trails and marathons and half marathons and ultras, so many different things involved in many different running groups as well. Um, and running has impacted your life. Was there a pivotal moment at all where you realised that running had made a difference in your life or is this just something that's evolved over time? Um, I'm not sure if there, were, there was a particular moment, but it was. It had been evolving over time and um, I just loved, started to love it. Like um, going to parkrun every Saturday was a thing and I lived in Sutherland. I would run to Menai, run the parkrun and I'd run back or or get picked up by my family. Mm. Um, and then uh, I joined uh, your social running, I joined runnings, I joined um, uh, a running group and I started to do trainings and I really enjoyed, you know, reaching some little goals and then bigger goals and training towards a big goal or not, a, not such a big goal, but just uh, doing the training. I really love the training itself not so much the event yeah because um i get a bit nervous in the morning if i would be able to do it or what am i in for why am i doing this the usual things but the journey throughout the training all those months and weeks and it is really exciting mm -hmm. and especially when i can do it with other people like you know we may not necessarily train for the same uh, event, but we can always um, get together and do some of our training together, and it's it's really really good and yeah motivating. Yeah. What's been some of the like maybe could you think of some of the best 
running moments. They can be events or they might not be events that you've done since living in Australia. Yes, there are a few, uh, but the most special uh, was not even in Australia. (laughs) It was in New Zealand and you were there and that was just magical. Uh, We ran around this this volcano. Uh, It was a 70-something kilometre run. The event was called the Ring of Fire. We started at 4 a.m. in the morning and the whole... Day. It was a long day, but it was just magical. And the whole weekend, actually, mm-hmm. uh, the experience we had there, it was just unbelievable. And then um, the other very special moment was when I finished 100 kilometers at UTA, Water Trail Australia, same day when we did it and retrained. And that few, those few months leading up to it were really, really special doing all those trainings. Yeah, uh, long training runs together, and I think those were the some of the best adventures we had during like a five six hours runs yeah. in the mountains. Yeah, I loved that, and that, like you say, more than even the event itself. I mean, obviously, we're pumped when we finish, and we're running through that shoot, and all that hard work comes to fruition, and you're so excited and and you've overcome the challenges of getting to the start line, which is hard. It's hard to get there. Everything you have to do to get there and avoid injury and all those things. But going through the journey together with, and we got to run together. I even still remember some of the night runs back here on our trail because for people listening, Juliana and I used to live in opposite sides of a trail basically and we'd meet and we'd go and run um, a few night runs practicing with our poles because both of us hadn't done UTA 100 before we hadn't really run through the night before and so we weren't sure what it was going to be like but we really had so much fun and as you say it was an adventure and that's why I love running like is that what you brings you you know, still in relationship with running now? Is it more about the adventure that it can take you? I'm still in relationship with running, not so much as I used to be. But uh, nowadays, it's more like uh, the people who I can spend time with. Yeah. So it's not about big adventures anymore. I love the adventures. So I'm really looking forward to being able to go down to Tasmania, for example, for uh, a few beautiful uh, runs or hikes or whatever adventures. Uh, I've been there before, and uh, I had the opportunity to run to run up. Um, uh, what was it? Mount, I'm not even sure what the mountain what, what the mountain was called, but anyway, it was near Launceston, and it was beautiful. And then in the city, it was like sunny and warm, and we ran up, and it was snowy and winter. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, so it's more about spending time with people and sharing yeah. uh, those moments. I've been a big fan of Honey Alston, who was one of our oh, last yeah. podcast guests. Yeah. And I'd say you've probably <laughs> listened to those podcasts already. But yes, she mentioned a few of those um, runs that are like something that we need to do. And then yesterday, someone else I know put up pictures in Tasmania as well of the most amazing landscape. And I'm like, oh. right. I have to get on to Jules about trying to get down to Tassie, <laughs> do something, yeah. even if it's one of Hanny's like um, camps. Yeah. It just looks like something we need to do, Jules. <laughs> we need yes. to get down there. I haven't been there and run before. All right. It's beautiful. Yeah. I already ran there twice. 
uh, when I was there two years ago, but um, I would love to go back. And I was thinking of doing one of Henny's uh, um, adventure camps or whatever they are called. I don't know. Yeah. I had been looking at the overseas ones. Obviously, it's not uh, on the cards now, but uh, no. as it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, when you started your life in Australia, your husband and, and you had to navigate, um, you know, a different life here with your work and everything. And you've managed to set up your own business, um, which is amazing. And, you know, you do accounts and bookkeeping and payroll and things like that for um, other companies. And you work around the clock from what I've seen. You also have a son who is in year six next year uh, who's just got school captain which is amazing Um, and your husband also has worked in his own business as well so how do you navigate um, your priorities around having your own business looking after Gergo obviously all the activities that you do with him as well supporting your husband and his business as well and you're running at the same time it's not easy but um I'm in for the adventure <laughs> in life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when um, we first came here, we had to start everything from scratch. My uh, qualifications were not recognized in Australia because they were not from uh, the Commonwealth, one of the Commonwealth countries. And um, uh, because I had no local experience, it was really hard to find a job. So uh, I had been looking for months and months, and I, I don't even know how many applications I had submitted. And finally, I got a, um, an admin job here uh, in the Shire. And uh, I was in there for something like six weeks because it wasn't really for me. But once I could have a local experience listed on my resume, the whole world opened up for me and because I knew you know because I had certain qualifications in finance and accounting I thought that would be a wise thing to do something in that space and um, I started um, studying and I also looked for a job in the city that I could have uh, some practice and you know all those hours I needed for my uh, best agent registration so I worked in the city for a couple of years and towards the end of my day job uh, I knew I was going to finish up with that. Um, I was starting uh, to set up my own, and it was a transition from a full-time <clears throat> job to uh, doing working for myself full-time, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a little sidetrack when I uh, did a few courses with Athletics Australia and became a running coach and a kids' athletics coach and I worked uh, a few terms at primary schools doing um, uh, working with uh, sporting schools program mm. with athletics and uh, that was fun too but then I knew that wasn't for me mm. either so I focused on my on my profession yeah. um, and now I'm just working yes all around the clock I tried to change that but that's mm. my goal in the new year for the new year. Juliana's <laughs> often up to all hours of the, the morning, but, um, but you know, it's part of having your own business when you start is that you, you learn about um, boundaries, I guess. And I guess to um, question I wanted to ask you is how, how important has it been for you to be able to network 
you know, with people and, and business has come your way even through the running community. Um, But, you know, to be able to network with people, to be able to help grow your business and establish your life here, how important has that been for you as a businesswoman? Very important. Yes. Uh, And um, funny enough, but uh, I got a few uh, clients with my connections within Running Moms Australia. So people were talking and they said, oh, I know someone who needs a bookkeeper. And then someone said, oh, I know someone who is a bookkeeper and they connected us. So that is amazing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you for that. Like (laughs) even just the last, well, the last 12 months, really, your business has really taken off. And we will put the business in the show notes too, in case someone else is looking. I don't know if you've got time, but (laughs) you never know. (laughs) We'll put it in there. Thank you. (laughs) But also for Gergo, um, now, when you guys came here, did you know much English or did you have to go and learn anything? Well, uh, I kind of spoke English. Uh, I had a Cambridge proficiency and I lived in the UK for a few years and I had always used English at work. That was uh, the common language you could all uh, use in Europe. And because I worked for big <clears throat> international companies, that was the only language we used, basically. Um, and my son, uh, he didn't speak a word. So he was three turning four when we came here. Yeah. And we put him into daycare for three days a week because my parents were over for our first year to look after my nephew. And then they looked after my son as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in daycare three days a week. And he would not speak for a long, long time, not one word in English. He developed this kind of sign language that he could communicate with at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, he started to speak fluently in English. And I counted back the days, and it was 42 days. After 42 days of daycare, he wow. started to speak in English. My husband, he also used English at work back in Hungary. Um, so he can, he can communicate. <laughs> yeah. But uh, obviously, we are still learning. Every, every day, I take notes because, you know, I'm constantly in contact with my friends and... and um, I'm laughing because there has been times when you've said things or we've said things and we just there's like that kind of a barrier of communication there where we don't understand what we yeah. what each other's meant or that we're horrified by what someone said <laughs> That's just the Aussie slang or something like that and it's been so funny to like have to sort of explain to you what that means but um, yeah, I asked that question because it would be hard for people who come here who don't know the language and English is one of the hardest languages to learn. And, um, and yeah, I think it's amazing that Gergo has assimilated so well and learned from his peers. You've done a great job of putting him in an environment where he can do that. And he's mm-hmm. uh, just seeing him um, grow from a quite a shy little boy too yeah. well to now being just named school captain <laughs> in school like I know how proud you were of that day because it's been quite a journey for you guys and quite heartbreaking at times when lots of his little friends yeah. have been away and he found it hard to connect sometimes with people yeah um, so you know I, I ask that question because it, it is a journey and it takes effort mm-hmm. commitment um and on your behalf too, you guys have had to put yourself out there 
you haven't just stayed home and been in your own little bubble. Um, you mm-hmm. put yourself out there and you've connected and networked with people. You've formed your own businesses and, and, and you're also Australian citizens now as well. Yes. Which is so yeah. <laughs> that you became citizens. So you should be really proud of yourselves um, for the last seven years, how you've navigated this time. Yeah, yeah, almost eight years now, and uh, we we are going to stay. <laughs> we don't want to go back. <laughs> we don't want you to go back. So we'll just finish off now, but I want to just quickly do the RMA hot lap with you before we go, because I know your time is precious. You have clients waiting, <laughs> but we'll do the RMA hot lap. I'll make it a little bit more um, Juliana focused. So what do you prefer over mountains or flat mountains yeah (laughs) (laughs) what is something you can't go without on the trail my extra buff oh your extra buff on my wrist (laughs) (laughs) what is the scariest australian animal that you don't want to come across on a trail oh my gosh i have a long list (laughs) Name uh, a few. Probably brown snake. <laughs> okay. Have you seen one yet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the national park, running, you know, on my own, doing my training on Robertson's roundabouts. And I still had two laps or so to go when I came across this huge brown snake. And I figured out, and, you know, I almost <laughs> died on the spot, but I knew that I had two more loops to do. So I kept going. Oh, good girl. Good girl. Um, what is your favorite race that you've done in Australia? Oh, it's a trail Australia. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Who is one person that you have met in the running community that has inspired you? There are many. <laughs> you have to think of one. Don't say me. <laughs> think of it. Okay. Uh, because I can't say you. But you would be on the same, very same. There are two. Okay. You so and Rachel Albert. Oh, great. And and why has Rachel inspired you? Because she, um, well, um, we had been friends for a long time, and um, her determination. You know, when she set a goal to herself and when she worked towards the, those goals, it was just amazing. She would not stop. <laughs> she would just keep going until she was satisfied. And she said, okay, I've done, I've done it and I'm ready yeah. uh, for anything that I uh, set as a goal to myself. Yeah, she would never quit. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's not like... A, you know, you have to take running so seriously um, because I do it for the love of it and for the adventure and for the connections. But still, it's nice to have goals that you work towards too. And once you set a goal, you don't want to quit. You want to reach your goal. Mm. I'm going to do one more question, one more, the sixth one. What is one word to describe your experience moving to Australia and having these amazing adventures so far unreal Mm, unreal i like it 
for joining us, Juliana. It's so nice to have you on and such a privilege to be your friend. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the next decade of your journey unfolds here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of the RMA podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Juliana's story. Next week on the podcast, I bring to you a story that will resonate with a lot of your hearts, someone who means so much to a lot of us. We talk to RMA ambassador Mel Sykes-Bridge about her journey. Mel has been an ambassador of RMA for quite a long time now, almost since the very beginning. She is an amazing woman with a huge heart for community, and I look forward to bringing her story to you. Thank you for sharing in this podcast journey with me. Thank you for all of the amazing feedback that I get every single time a podcast goes to air. Please head to the podcast app, subscribe, rate, review, and share this with your friends. And I look forward to speaking to you next time.